Nere, het hun sketwa e. Hey everybody, this is how I introduce myself in Gitsanamach. My name is Hethum Sket. This is the language of my people. My name Hethum Sket means to stand like a man or standing like I'm, I'm tough. Uh, but it refers to a time when uh, our people used to hunt mountain goat. And uh, there used to be groundhogs that would pop up. Uh, Gweek, we call it. They would pop out of the ground and they would whistle. They would warn the mountain goats that we were coming up the hill. So there used to be a hunter who was very good at dropping the Gweek before they would whistle. It will allow us to pass and make our way close to the mountain goat. And so the this name was given to that person uh, who was uh, very adept at, at dropping this Gweek, which was standing up like a man. It was standing like it's tough. I don't know if, if you ever see them whistle, uh, the groundhogs or marmots or ground squirrels, they stand like they're, they're, they're standing like a person on two legs. So that's my name. Gitxtan, the name of our people, it, it, it translates to people of the river of mists. Git is how we say people of. And Xtan is uh, derived from our word for the river of mists. So the Girkhsan people are from their Lakhip or territory located in the northwest interior of uh, what the settlers call British Columbia. And our nation is currently comprised of 62 different house groups and each govern their own Lakhip. Uh, we do not have one chief who makes decisions for all the people. Each house group has a head chief and wing chiefs who serve their membership. The chiefs do not make the decisions for the house group, and the decision-making is done democratically by each house group, guided by their matriarchs, their educated members, leaders, and their elders. The chief then enacts the decisions of those the decision-makers uh, to the rest of the house group and to informs the, the nation of those uh, decisions. When it comes time to guiding the nation as a whole, each of the chiefs from the house group represents the decisions of their membership and carries that guidance forward in any of the business that's to be done uh, as a nation. So the chiefs would gather uh, when they were discussing things like that. The Gitsan worldview is far different from the Western systems that we have been forced to live in now. Our lifestyles of inclusiveness and connection to the land were forever changed when we were forced to live by the Western world's patriarchal and censored way of life. Education now became the standardized elitist way of passing on future knowledge. Although it, it may have benefited the newcomers at the time, it was a major setback and deficiency for the Gitxan people. Our education and way of knowing uh, the world depended on a lifetime of learning, never reaching the final goal or a degree, uh, you know, to say that you're at a higher level than your peers. Our way of learning was more focused on how we impacted our ecosystems and how we are a part of the world around us, not separate from it. Welcome to the first episode of the Gitxan. This is a podcast that will be set to explore all the things that I'm interested in, and I want to share the Gitxan world with you, while also exploring the world from a Gitxan perspective. I'm currently a research associate for the Prairie Climate Center, and we have a website called the Climate Atlas, which is at climateatlas.ca. Uh, you can check this out. It's a tool that helps 
access information about climate change, as well as the important data that can help you uh, uh, plan or project the future climate to, you know, to help you adapt to the way the world's going to be in the near future. It's, it basically will help us uh, future-proof as much as we can uh, to this changing world that we're living in. It's something that's not uh, uh, new or unique to the Gitxan people. Um, but at the Prairie Climate Center, it's a phenomenal tool, and I think you should check that out as well and uh, see some of the work that we do. Uh, I'm also an author, and I've written a number of books for young people for a series called Mothers of Xan. And these books are a small part of a greater vision that I have uh, to help people better understand the interconnectedness of the world. I want to help people feel reinvigorated about being stewards of the land and the ecosystems we live in, to reconnect all the things that are act that actually keep our bodies alive, such as clean water and air. So, yes, uh, thank you for for coming on this journey with me and kind of seeing where we go and seeing all the different things that we get to learn about through the Gitxan. Um it's kind of a passion project for me. I started uh, quite some time ago, and I was supposed to have uh, some of these episodes out last year. But as with anyone, there were so many different challenges that, that come across uh, during the pandemic and also um, on a lot of loss on both my wife's side of the family and my side of the family. Um, a lot of loss of some very beloved relatives um, friends, just a lot of major change. And through all of that, we also got a new house. So a lot of different things that, you know, um, that I didn't realize was occupying me so much and kind of draining me of all of the creative energy that I typically would have. Uh, so this is kind of new. I'm trying to, uh, you know, I spent the, the past, uh, year doing a lot more research about our people. Uh, I also spent a lot more uh, time uh, researching all the great things that our people are up to now. And I, you know, hopefully we'll get some of the uh, people from my nation on to showcase some of their work and the things that they're doing in our community, but also bringing on some of my colleagues and guests from across the globe who work in climate change research, who work in the arts. I especially have a very deep passion for the arts, you know, music and, um, storytelling are some of the things that have really helped me uh, sustain myself, you know, get, going into the future. Uh, it helped me with uh, mental health, you know, keeping my head above water. Uh, a lot of times, you know, I tend to feel like I don't want to burden people with the, the mental health issues that I go through because I know everyone else is, is experiencing the same thing. But that's just a, a very bad way of going about things. And, and you know, I just I, f I feel like this is a great opportunity to start now and to look at all the research, that extra research I was able to do um, back home. I went back home and uh, connected with uh, some of our knowledge keepers, some of my family, and some of the people who are currently trying to sustain our culture and way of knowing. So in, in the next uh, you know few episodes, you're going to start to learn a little bit more about my people. And the episodes that are dedicated to Gitxan culture, uh, there will be currently an, a, a dedicated series of eight episodes that I'm going to uh, showcase a lot more 
of who we are. And those uh, are sponsored by the Manitoba Arts Council. So I'd like to thank them for being great supporters of the work that I do and um, helping the artists out, helping us showcase the culture of, of, of our peoples, but also the knowledges that we have. And it's something that's very vitally important and, and something that we need to keep going. So thanks to the Manitoba Arts Council for uh, helping us out here. Um, and, you know, anytime that uh, anyone has a, a great question, you can connect with me on my website. That's bretthewson.ca. Uh, you can also find our episodes there. I'm going to start posting the podcast to the websites. I'll share them on the social media. Uh, you can find me at the GitSan on most of my social media. And on Facebook, it's Brett Hewson, uh, facebook.com slash Brett Hewson. And uh, you can find my books anywhere you like to purchase books. But I always say buy from your local shop. It's always good to support local. Um, but you can order my books anywhere. Uh, the series is called The Mothers of Son, and the first book was The Sockeye Mother. And the current book that I have out coming out right now is The Raven Mother. And I'm just working on some other manuscripts. So this is a really great series that's brought to you by Highwater Press. Uh, great support from them. And um, the illustrator I work with is Natasha Donovan, a phenomenal artist who has really brought my stories to life. And I'd really like you to check that out. A lot of her work is is great she's doing a lot of amazing work with other writers and other artists and you know she has, certainly has a very great future in the arts uh, uh ahead of her and i just hope that uh we can continue working on in the future as well she i, I really like her work and uh i'm gonna start to bring on a lot of other artists that i've connected with over the years uh some of my colleagues i i sit on a science committee for uh uh conference called Adaptation Futures. And this is a conference that's brought uh, by the United Nations World Adaptation Program. Um, so I'm on the science committee with them and there's a lot of amazing thinkers. Some of the people that are on the committee with me contributed to the IPCC report, uh, which is the a very important report that talks about the climate change and, and, and where we are right now. Like what is it what does climate change mean to the world as it as it stands right now? So again, that's the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, uh, their report. Uh, you can check that out on ipcc.ch. Uh, so yeah, you, it's just another great resource. Um, a lot of the content there is, you know, very heavy and, and it's great for researchers, but you know, there's a lot of other great storytellers and other researchers out there who have kind of digested the content and disseminated the information so that it, you can check it out and you can find some of that on uh, the climateatlas.ca. Learn more about what climate change actually is. And those, that's, those are some of the things that we'll be exploring as well. And I, I'm going to be bringing on some of my colleagues to talk about um, their work and, and why, why they're so passionate about the research. And, you know, a lot of my work outside of writing uh, is focused on connecting Indigenous knowledges to research. And this is really important because, uh, you know, Indigenous knowledges were never uh, traditional. Traditional is the term that tends to be used for that, but that's a colonial term that made our knowledges stagnant and stuck in one time period. Uh, but for us, our knowledges have always evolved. We have always adapted. Uh, the Gitxsan people have existed on our territories for 
tens of thousands of years. Um, we've, we've been there far longer than the land ice bridge and there are, our people carry a lot of knowledges that were chalked up to mythologies, uh, because the first people who translated our languages were Jesuit priests who at the time just didn't really understand anything about the world. So we, you know, a lot of our translations of our stories and, and what they actually brought to the world were kind of lost in that translation. And so even some of our people now, when they t- talk about the stories and tell the stories, um, you know, don't really connect the facts that go along with them. Uh, you know, uh, our understanding of the world, for instance, uh, about the salmon, you know, we revered the salmon. And, you know, people just kind of thought that it would be, that would that it equated to the fact that, you know, most of our diet was salmon. Uh, we fished all summer long, preserved the salmon as much as we could, and uh, that was it. But the Gitkhsan people understood that the salmon fed the land. And we revered many species for certain things. And um, when we talk about the spider, for instance, we believe that the spider is uh, one of the beings that connected the world together. And that uh, one of the reasons we believe that was when we would take the roots from certain plants to, you know, whether it be for weaving or creating rope, um, we or if we were digging up uh, plants that were root plants that we were using, typically you would find um, this material on there. It kind of looks like a web, but that's a mycorrhizal fungi. And that fungi transfers nutrients throughout the land. And primarily a lot of the nutrients that um, created our ecosystem come from salmon and how, you know, we understood that. And yes, we didn't know that it was uh, a marine derived nitrogen that was being brought from the oceans, but we knew that the salmon contained uh, some essence of life that created our forest because uh, there was a direct correlation over thousands of years. We could see as the salmon populations uh, would grow and then as the populations would slow down, when the, the populations would drop, we would see a direct correlation to how fast a forest would regrow or the regrowth rate of the forest around us. Uh, certain plants, you know, would be smaller or different, different aspects contributed to the health of our whole ecosystem. So these are the things that we understood. Um, and we just described them with different words and used different things. So, you know, saying that the spider connected the world, um, we still knew that there was something underneath that connected everything. We saw what we thought were, or what we can compared to, not what we thought, what we compared to webs. And now we know that's a micro, now we know that's a mycorrhizal fungi. But these are the things that we talked about long before Western science could even approach the idea. Um, You know, in the early 1900s, when they started the commercial fisheries, a lot of our people were, um, you know, talking about how the important, the importance of the salmon. So a lot of these things come from our stories. And we were talking about that back then. And it wasn't until the 90s that they really kind of deciphered um, everything about that cycle that it was uh, a marine-derived nitrogen that the salmon were bringing from the ocean, uh, that they would find this nitrogen in bird feathers, plants, all the flora and fauna in our in our whole you know, ecosystem. But after they found all that out, 
Did it change how we should be behaving with our ecosystem? No. The Gitsan people looking at the bigger picture still had to behave exactly as we were. We had to try to protect the, the land and be stewards of the land. So these are, these are the things that I kind of bring with indigenous knowledges. And these are the things that I, I work on now. And I really focus on trying to connect to current research. And, you know, it's not to, you know, at all say that um, our way of knowing is better. Just perspectives are really important in this world. And to be placed in patriarchal systems or what, what I would call patriarchal systems that tend to gatekeep knowledge, it narrows perspective. If your research is sound, if your knowledge is sound, then you don't mind it being peer reviewed. Anything can be peer reviewed. Uh, there's no such thing as having something that's not you know, something that you can't research. So I think having good perspectives and, and looking at our way of knowing and the Gitsan people, we, our whole way of living was based off of peer review. We didn't just have someone who would come up with some weird idea one day and then everyone would just follow it. That's not how it worked. Like I said before, we didn't have one chief who decided everything for everyone. Everything was based off of a democratic process or the ability to review the knowledges. So if someone was talking about um, things that they were seeing on their territory, such as salmon populations, or if they were seeing evidence that there may be a certain type of landslide or flood that's going to happen, whatever it may be, uh, other people would compare their, uh, the, their observations. Other people would bring that to gatherings, and then these uh, knowledge keepers would confer with one another to make decisions, and, and then these house groups would all make decisions together. Uh, based off of that. So that's how they would establish, you know, where, what, what people were going to do uh, for any sort of emergencies or planning in the, for the future and how to adapt to new situations. That's how the people worked. So I think bringing perspective into research is very important. So connecting, uh, you know, what I call the Western science systems to uh, indigenous knowledges is very important because both ways of knowing are very important. The research that's out there right now, it helps validate a lot of, uh, it doesn't need validation, but it helps validate to other people uh, our knowledges and to show how important it is to actually look to indigenous people uh, for ideas on being stewards about uh, of the land and the territories and how can we adapt in a changing climate. I think we should look at those who have been through thousands of years of adaptation. Our cultures and our languages are much older than the pyramids and any other forms of history that you learn about in public school. So the, those, are the, those are the types of things that are very important to my work. And I, again, I work with an amazing team at the Prairie Climate Center who uh, looks uh, to, to do leading research in, in adaptation and climate change. Uh, research, uh, as well as including uh, indigenous knowledges as a part of that. And again, that's just one part of a larger component to uh, creating the best adaptation plans that we can in the future, seeing indigenous knowledges in a different light and, you know, connecting to a lot of different people. And, and a lot of that work I'll, I'll talk about a little bit more too, to uh, showcase some of the people that I learned from, uh, some of the people that uh, are out there doing the same work that I'm doing. And again, the perspectives are important. Uh, there's not one perspective that's better than the other, 
but to have broader perspective gives humanity more opportunity to develop more solutions. So these are the, the, the great things that I like to look at through my work. And I hope that uh, you stay tuned for more episodes. We're going to have fun. We're going to get serious. We're going to do all the things that we need to 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 kind of help uh, people see the world from a GitSend perspective. Um, and hopefully a lot of my GitSend people will uh, connect and, and start to showcase their own work. We have so many amazing uh, leaders in my community, people who are doing some great work, and I hope that they... Uh, feel good enough about themselves to share that work uh, anywhere from those who are, are, you know, working in trades to academic to uh, those who are artists and, and everything in between. Uh, you know, we have uh, a lot of positive and, and great role models that we need to showcase more and to reinstill pride in, in the get nation but also hopefully we can influence and provide hope to everyone else out there who's listening. So uh, thank you for participating and listening and lending me your ears. I really appreciate it. And I hope you come back for further episodes. And again, thanks again to the Manitoba Arts Council. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.